and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula, and I use she, they pronouns. Hi, my name is Claire. My pronouns are she, her. And you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Kreez. And today we're talking about episodes five and no, four and four five. five. <laughs> today we're talking about episodes four and five of uh, Disney Plus's Andor series. Uh, go ahead and check out our last episode. If you haven't done so, that's when we talked about our little first arc, episodes one through three. Now we're about a little over halfway through our second arc and it's getting interesting. So we're going to we're going to start with episode four. Um, I literally am obsessed with episode four. There's some parts that happened that I was like, oh, I can't wait to get on this podcast and start yelling at men. <laughs> what else do I do, though? Like, like, I feel like it's so on brand for me. <laughs> do we want to start in chronological order? I've only seen it once. I should have watched it again. I watched them twice, but like I didn't take notes. I don't know exactly how it opens, but I know that. Luthen is t- is like re- trying to recruit Cassian for this job in Aldani and Cassian is kind of like mm. but then Luthen's like I will pay you money and Cassian's yeah. like okay yeah we kind of have like three little like storylines going on here well kind of four but it's really small we have like Cassian and the Aldani rebels we have Mon Mothma we have Deidre and then we have like a little bit of Cyril like he's showed up a few times but like he's not really doing that much so we kind of have those like three main storylines I do still think that the Cyril and Deidre storylines are about to like converge probably in episode six because she's still like interested in what's going like what happened on Ferrix and he's like on Coruscant with his mom presumably like looking for something to like clear his name and get back out there and so I think that it's going to end up with him, like, with him going to Deidre or vice versa with, like, information. Um, and then he's going to become involved with ISB because he's just like that. Because um, <laughs> he just sucks like that. Anyway. Um, yeah, he's the worst. I think that I, I personally think that um, Deidre is going to come up to him and be like, hey, you were here. Like, what's going on? I need to find this box um, thing. Uh, I'm obsessed with her. I think we should talk about her first, actually, before we get into the yeah. other stuff. Um, because she's not in episode uh, five. She just appears in episode four. She is um, in episode five, actually. Like, is she actually? Yeah. Because okay, so remember, was- she's with her assistant, and she's, like, literally, like, taking pills to... Oh my god, yeah. I do remember that because I was like, oh my god, she's just like me. I think that was like literally her only scene in it. Like she was not in episode five that much. Yes, that was. Um, (laughs) she's perfect though. I love her so much. She's just like the worst, um, in the best way. And I know everyone who is knows who I am knows what I mean when I say that. (laughs) Because she really is like she's an ISB agent. She works for the Empire. She's a fascist. Like, okay she's she's shit she sucks but um she's girl bossing so hard right now she's trying to do everything and she has to work 
like twice as hard as like the men around her, which I think is so interesting that she is that we're exploring this type of hierarchy within the empire. Um, it's a very nuanced thing that we haven't seen and at all before. Um, that she's literally experiencing sexism and yet is still the oppressor. And I think that there's a there's a commentary there that we're continuously building that is adding on to the overall like themes and motifs of this show in general. Um, exploring like rebellion and exploring um the the limits, the limitations of like how we experience um don't remember what i was saying at all about that um the point is i think she's a great character to introduce into the show i think that she um is one like girl girly you are doing the most for yourself and no one's respecting you not that you necessarily deserve respect um because like what are you doing like she knows that what she's doing is like whatever um but I love her I really do I'm excited to see more of her yeah I agree I think we talked last week about how like gender roles are still a thing even in the Star Wars universe and then we get her character where it's very obvious that like that's what the message is like she's a woman in the ISB where like pretty much everyone else is a man and they literally like made comments to her about how like she's just like she's just not going to be on the same level as everyone else. Um, and they're like giving her less to do. They're giving her kind of like the less important work. And they're like ignoring her when she comes to them with like real problems when she's like, hey, I think there might be like organized rebel activity. And they're like, mm, no, there's not. And I'm like, but like she's literally right, though. Like she, there literally is. Um, and yeah, I think it's very like like yeah like you're saying like yeah she sucks she's an isb she's super evil but it's also like a very real story about like being a woman in a workplace that's male dominated like that is such a real thing um and especially like in the empire which is a fascist regime that again is like run almost entirely by men like we can infer that her experience is going to be a lot more difficult and it's going to be harder for her to like rise in the ranks because she's a woman um and also like I'll talk more about Mon Mothma later we'll get into that obviously but I think having her story alongside Mon Mothma's is also very important because Mon Mothma has a lot of the same like like very different characters obviously very different beliefs very different like causes like everything but like the idea of like being a woman in a, in the galaxy ruled by the empire is like the common thread in their two stories. And I think that's why they decided to put this arc with the two of them, like with their stories, like side by side, like this arc is very much about the Aldani rebels and then Mon Mothma and Deidre. And their stories are like being told simultaneously because there are a lot of similarities in like the idea like their experiences as women even though they're completely different people in completely different settings who are fighting for literally the opposite sides no so true and one of my favorite parts um in episode four was when the isb like 
head or whatever was talking to Deidre and was like, oh, you know, you're doing good work. Like what you're doing right now is good work, but like stick to it. And then she was like, you know, you're doing well. And that's why, or he said like, you're observant or something like that. And that's why we're hiring more people like you. And she was like, what? Like, excuse me? Because obviously like he like played it off like, oh, observant people, blah, blah, blah. And we're literally sitting watching this and we're like, oh, you mean women? Like, you mean you're trying to quote unquote diversify your workplace by putting a woman here? Oh, but you don't, you don't give her the same opportunities. You don't give her literally anything. You don't listen to her when she's speaking, when she's right. And of course it's like, not like we, it's a weird position to be in, like in the, as like an audience, right? Because you're like, oh, like we know that the, the empire is really bad. We know that they're, they're fucked up and that nothing is ever going to change that. But you're also like, oh, damn. I felt that so hard. Like I like her her struggle. I felt that. And then you're like, oh girl, why do you have to be working for the empire though? Like, why do you have to be working for like the really bad guys? Um, it's so interesting. Uh, but yeah, love that. Let's talk about Mon Mothma while we're at it. I know you have a lot to say. Okay, first of all, I talked about her a ton on Gold Squadron Days last week. So everyone should go listen to that. Charles over there is also obsessed with Mon Mothma, so we were kind of going insane. As we should, though. Like, there's literally so much to say about her, and I love that we're getting to see more of her life, like, outside of the Rebellion, because she's always been, like, she's a very well-known character in the sense that, like, especially in the original trilogy, we know her as sort of, like, the political leader of the Rebellion, because at that point, she's the only one, because Alderaan, yeah. Um, (laughs) And so... And so everyone kind of has, like, known her since the original trilogy. But, like, her personal life has never really been explored. Like, we know the side of it that, like, she was very close with the Organas and, like, with Leia, um, especially after her parents died, like, all of that stuff. But that's still, like, linked to politics and linked to the rebellion. We didn't really know anything about, like, her personal life in terms of like that like her husband and her daughter which is what we're like getting into in this series um that man literally can drop dead like i we hate, him. hate him so much he's, he's so, so disgusting cool. can we talk about in in episode five when he's like why didn't you tell me about this new project and she was like it's charitable you wouldn't care i was like yeah let's so talk true. about it girly um Oh, I hate him so much. He makes me so angry. Every single time he's on screen, I'm like, I will literally hurt you. Like, I, they need to get a divorce ASAP. Um, but for now, he's there. And they've been married since they were 16 years old. And Tony Gilroy did say that it was like a, like a arranged marriage, which is so interesting because we know that Mon Mothma at age 15 took like a gap year, basically at 15 girl you're insane she literally was became a senator at 14 and then at 15 she was like i might want to do something different with my life i'm like yeah because you're literally a teenager um and she actually wanted to be a historian for a bit which is so i'm obsessed with that anyway um but it's we know that she like fell in love during that year and i'm like so so what i'm choosing to believe is that she fell in love with a woman when she was 15 but that's what happened 
like but that's actually no yeah like it's literally canon like I'm telling you guys look it up anyway (laughs) um but then her parents were like no you have to marry this horrible man um and so then they got married when they were 16 hate that for her I hope they divorce and then she like dates a woman again and like what if it's me lol anyway um (laughs) we also got to meet her daughter in the most recent episode and I'm like this is it's so it's so interesting because I was thinking about her daughter is basically being like you spend all your time on like senate stuff and like politics whatever and like you barely even have time for me and like everything is about politics for you which is very interesting to me because it feels a lot like in Leia Princess of Alderaan when Leia is upset with her parents because they're constantly throwing these like dinner parties for like their co-workers like people in the senate and stuff and they're not spending as much time with her and they're not telling her things and then it turns out that it's actually because they were organizing a rebellion and those were their like secret meetings it's giving kind of the same energy as that where like she feels that Mon Mothma's not spending as much time with her or, like everything is like a political move to her but it's also because Mon Mothma is literally organizing the rebellion and she can't tell anyone including her own family although I do think it's so interesting that Bale and Brea were like working together and Mon Mothma won't even tell her husband because he would literally like turn her in like I believe that with everything in me man imagine if she like had a wife and who actually cared about her and then they like started the rebellion together man no, exactly well, that, that's sad. what happens later like we just have to get there yeah that's what happens after her divorce her messy divorce um huge hollow net scandal can't wait <laughs> the idea the idea of like the hollow net reporting on mon mothma's divorce is so funny to me and i haven't been able to stop thinking about it um what else do i have to say about her there's so there's so much i i just okay i know i say this like every single week but i need bail organa to be in this show so bad like it's not even funny and it's like half of it is because like me personally i need to see him mm-hmm. but it's also because like we have aside from Luthen, sort of we have not seen her interact with a single person who like actually cares about her I mean like her daughter is a different situation because she's a kid but like she's not gonna be able to tell her daughter about the rebellion without putting both of them at risk right and like her husband is not being supportive of her at all Luthen and her like yeah he knows what she's doing but they're not like besties like there's definitely like there was a lot of hostility when they spoke that one time um and so like just for the sake of having her interact with someone who like actually cares about her like that's that's why I need him to be there and also because it's a rebellion formation story and he like him the two of them like started the rebellion together anyway that's my Bail Organa rant for today um he shows up next week I did say I didn't think he was going to show up until episode six at the earliest so now every week going forward I'm going to be on Bail Organa watch as you should I think that kind of going off of what you're saying, there is something so interesting that I think this show has the potential to do really well, which is um, a lot of times in real life, but in media mostly, when we have a female authoritative figure, they are kind of seen as somebody who is A, either not fit for their job, um, who's too emotional and like everything gets ruined, 
or B, they're the complete opposite and are just like stone cold. They don't need help from anybody. They are a girl boss and have everything under control. And I think that that's a harmful because nobody's like that. Literally nobody's like that. Um, and B is just inaccurate. Um, and I think the show has a very, it's in a position to kind of show what it's like to be a woman in a position of power in a male dominated society. Um, and that's not only just like her being an imperial senator, but also her place in literally building up the empire. Or, you know what I'm trying to say? Her place in literally building up the rebellion. Um, she is, you know, it's a job that I think is something that we haven't seen before on screen. You know, form form <laughs> the formation of. I know you have so many thoughts about about that, Claire. Um, but it's fine. We won't get into it. But I do think that this is a really good opportunity for stars to be like, hey. Here's some good some girl bosses who aren't literally like like fascists, you know. I feel like I want to know. I want to do a tally chart or like a what is called a pie chart of all the girl bosses of the week that we've done and how many of them are fascists. (laughs) I don't want to see it. I just would rather not know. I would actually no. Do a pie chart of how many are fascists and how many are dead. I feel like that needs to be a, a Venn diagram. A Venn diagram. <laughs> it needs to be a Venn diagram, actually, because I can't name one girl boss that we've <laughs> done that's alive. No, yeah, like they're all dead. They're literally all dead and died like violently or in a horrible way. Anyway, I think Hera is our only one that we have. Hera, we're doing it all for you. <laughs> oh, that's really so upsetting, actually. Sometimes I think about that. Like, sometimes I think about women and I'm like, damn, that's so rough. Like, that's so rough. Thinking about the 29% explicit women characters in the High Republic. <laughs> I'm not shitting it's, on the High Republic. It's so I love dark. The High Republic. It is so dark. It's really dark out here, though. No, I'm like, the High Republic is doing better than everyone else. And still. Phase two is a different story, I feel. Like, I feel like we're going to be in a place soon that we won't see that number <laughs> no yeah no like I'm reading path of deceit right now and like I won't say anything but just like it's all but, about like women. women like it's like but like I'm literally like every time like all of the best POV chapters have been women so far and and men, let's keep it up I feel like the man like the man <laughs> <laughs> the boy if you will one boy <laughs> It's so obviously written by women. It's so good. Like, I open it up and I'm, like, reading it. I'm like, oh, man. Men like this don't exist. Oh, wait. It's because it's written by a woman. No, literally. I cannot wait to talk about that book. Next week. I'm so excited. Talking about that book. It's going to be so good. I have to finish it. (laughs) Me too. I've been reading it with every free second I have, which is, like, not a lot. So, like, I will finish it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, like, a third of the way through. Anyway. Um, Back to Andor, which we were talking about. Um, moving on. Oh, actually, I feel like just putting it out there before we move on, Mon Mothma's daughter, I love her so much. 
I feel like we were supposed to, I feel like as the audience, we were supposed to be like, wow, she's so horrible. She's such like a dramatic, moody teenager. No, no, she's right. Like, she's right. I just, I feel for her. Um, when she was like, oh, you don't need me to like come to this thing. Like, you just want me for show. I was like, oh, ow. <laughs> you do. <laughs> no, but like, I feel like people are being so quick to be like, oh she's the worst or like oh my god mom Mothma should be a better parent I'm like no but like it really is the same situation as Leia and Princess Valderam where I was like okay Bale and Brea you guys are literally perfect and have never done anything wrong ever but like also from Leia's perspective it really does feel like you're just not like paying attention to her anymore and like you don't care about what's going on in her life and I feel like it's the exact same situation with Mon Mothma where she's like yeah she's literally starting a rebellion and she's busy and like etc cetera, etc cetera. But also, like, from the perspective of a child, when your parent is so, like, wrapped up in their p- political career or, like, whatever their career might be, that it feels like they don't have time for you at all. Like, that is also very valid. And so I feel like, yeah, people downplaying it is like, oh, she's just a teenager. She's just being dramatic. Like, and I'm like, no. Also, her dad is the worst. Yeah, like, her imagine dad's being fun. raised by that man. Hate him. <laughs> Hate him. <laughs> um. I think, I feel like we've, I've talked about this on this podcast before, but we don't have any mother representation in Star Wars, and I'm so glad we're finally getting some. Name one mother besides Leia, because they're all dead. <laughs> no, yeah. No, they literally all die. Like, quite, quite famously, they're dead. Shmi, dead. Violently. Padme, dead. Rather violently. And there's no more. Harrison Dula, we really are just like riding on you right now. And you got to be a mother for five seconds of an end credit scene. Yeah. Embarrassing. Star Wars, do better. Um, but I'm glad that we're going to start exploring mother-daughter relationships in the show. Never thought that would happen. Not just within Star Wars, but like shows and movies in general always get like bonus points from me if they like actually talk about motherhood in like a productive way. So, like, if we keep this energy, I will have to support this show even more than I already do. You have no choice but to stand if it talks about motherhood. Yeah. I just think that, like, motherhood in media is so dark. Like, it's so it's bad. So bad. It bad is atrocious. It is atrocious. So, like, as soon as I watch a movie or a show and there's, like, themes of, like, motherhood or, like, specifically, like, mother-daughter relationships and it's, like, not awful and bad, I'm, like this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like, I, this is my new favorite thing ever. Yeah, exploring motherhood makes me cry a lot. Okay, complete side note that is not related to this at all. Mm-hmm. But I did rewatch Dominion the other day. Speaking yeah. of movies that address motherhood in a productive way, but it's so, okay, Maisie. Okay, that nickname, it's a nickname that I have like gone by. So like watching that movie and then I was like, oh, this is really emotional, guys. <laughs> like, Anyway, that movie is so good and people just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. I literally will never understand. Yeah, like I watched with my friend and she was like, that was really good. Why didn't people like it? And I was like, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. There's just no thought in people's brains anymore. Weaponized agriculture was literally a thematic element in that movie. And everyone was like, there's not enough dinosaurs. Shut up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shut up. This is our No, I'm literally like... I'm literally like, this is the sixth movie in a franchise. Just tell me you never got it. Because if your complaint is that there weren't enough dinosaurs, yeah. 
it's not about like yes it's about dinosaurs but like it's not about dinosaurs it's not it's not about dinosaurs it's science fiction at its core it is science fiction at its core it is what it's about what happens when humans go too far with technology that is literally the definition of science fiction and they just didn't get that they said there's not enough dinosaurs and it focuses too too much on family and i'm like you mean motherhood it focuses too much on motherhood and that i'm like if it was about fatherhood we would be having a different conversation oh my god if it was about you're just mad that like it was a son if Maisie was a boy and it was between chris pratt and a boy also like you're just mad that the men took a side role in that movie to the women so true and like yeah i'm right about that like it literally no that's why like i think that as a trilogy jurassic world is better because it addresses other issues other than dinosaurs exactly it's like that was what the first movie also was. like it didn't come out in the 90s no exactly <laughs> and people are just like and i'm like no like it's better like it's literally yeah. just better than the original <laughs> Because, like, literally, like, like, love the originals so much, but, like, the theme in all three of them is, like, we shouldn't have brought dinosaurs back to life. And I'm, like, okay, yeah, but, like, what if we went deeper? Yeah, what if we, like, actually talked about it? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts about dinosaurs. Anyway, it's fine. Maybe we should just so leave long. that in as a little interlude. <laughs> I might leave some of it in. You know, actually, it's related because... The actress who plays Cinta was in Jurassic World Dominion. She played, okay, so when they're going to, when Ellie and Alan are going to Biosyn, they stop at that like animal, like reserve, or not animal reserve, but like animal protection area. And there's a woman there who's like a ranger and that's her. I learned this when I was on Gold Squad Gaze and they were going through the actress for each character and they were like, oh, and this actress was in Jurassic World Dominion. And I was like, what? I was like, who, who? So this actually is related when you think about it. Yeah, no, completely. Um, let's get into this little like rebel arc that we have going on here. I'm going to need a reminder of everyone's name. Rundown. Okay, so we have Vel, who's the leader. And then we have Cassian, obviously. We have, I think his name is Skeen, the like guy who doesn't like Cassian. Um, and then we have Nemec. Literally obsessed with that man. I'm gonna talk about him a lot. Um, and then we have Cinta and Gorn is the like imperial def- like not defector. Well, yeah, I guess defector, like the guy who's like an imperial. And then Taramin Taramin is the last guy. Did you watch The Punisher? No. Oh my god. The guy who plays fucking what's his what's his face? Um Skeen is literally <laughs> I knew he was familiar. I was like, the whole time I was watching the show, I was like, oh my God, this guy looks so familiar. What is he in? He's in The Punisher and he's in season one and he plays basically Frank Castle's boyfriend. And I'm not even fucking exaggerating when I say that because he, they're literally, if you watch the show, they're like dudes in a basement chilling together. And I'm like, you're going to tell me that they haven't kissed on the mouth. They literally save each other's lives so many times. I'm like, if this was a man and a woman, they would have kissed. Like, it, they're gay. So, basically, Skeen from Andor is Frank Castle's boyfriend. So That's all interesting. You have to so interesting. Yeah. Okay, speaking of gay people, though, Cinta and Vel, 
Are they actually gay? Because I saw on Twitter that they were before I watched the episode, and then I watched the episode expecting gay, and I was like, where's the gay? Okay, they're not explicitly queer uh-huh. yet. Uh-huh. I, I'm not, like, optimistic because it's Star Wars, but, like, I'm more optimistic than I would be if this was a different Star Wars project, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. But where how else gay- am I supposed to be interpreting this, though? Like, I... Well- like interpreting what though? Like they don't even talk to each other. Okay, no, no, no. So here's here's the evidence I've compiled. So oh, okay. first of all, when Cassian is like looking over at her, and I think it's Skeen that says like she's already sharing a blanket, and then like it's her they show like her and Belle together. So I was like, okay. And then there's a part where Cassian is like talking, like talking to Cinta, and then Belle like steps in between them and tells him to like back off or something like that. And then there's when when Cassian tells everyone that like he's getting paid to be there and everyone's like we and everyone's like oh well you knew about this and then no if so like no one else knew and then they're like did you even tell Cinta like singling her out being like why didn't you tell her and then there was one other thing shoot I don't know it was something else where Cassian like tried to talk to her and then Belle was like but no like interesting (laughs) I want it so bad I want it so bad and they're like right there and now they're like going off on their own, and I'm like, okay, come no, on, now kids. Literally die. Like, no, I've been thinking about not, that. We haven't thought about this through. If they're gay, they're literally dead. <laughs> no, but here, okay, my my current my theory, like when we first met this rebel group, and it still stands, I think, is that everyone is going to die except for Vel, Cinta, Cassian, and Gorn. Unfortunately, that does include <laughs> Nemec, and I think it was oh. Charles that said that he thought that Nemec was going to die first, and I was like. <laughs> no but like maybe but like okay. he's definitely gonna die okay yeah no I see that he's definitely he's a very killable character he's literally dead he's literally dead I'm gonna I care about him so much I shouldn't be getting attached to him like when I fully was like yeah he's gonna die but like he's literally imagine dead. though if they kill the gays in this show that's <laughs> what I afraid. really like this show and I think that there's there's definitely like any other show if they buried gays I would be like I'm not watching it I would still watch the show though yeah I feel so I hate that I have to be like oh my god it would be so great if they were like explicitly queer because they would literally be the only on-screen queer rep except for the rise of Skywalker lesbians which like that doesn't count no it doesn't um and they're both like named characters who play significant roles in the show so I'm like come on you guys have to give me this like I am literally asking for the bare minimum right now it's ridiculous I hate Star Wars so much sometimes like like why would I literally be like celebrating if there were two queer women in this show why would that be like the biggest deal ever for this franchise that's like I feel like we get on this podcast though every single week and are like wow we hate Star Wars and it's true it's true uh but you can hate something and love it at the same time. Look at me and Claire. She hates me and loves me at the same time. So it's like, it works. <laughs> um, any, okay, where are we at with these rebels? So that's our rundown of who everyone is, apparently. Okay, What's so basically their plan yeah. is to, like, infiltrate the base and then escape during this, like, meteor shower that happens. So, like, this plan is not going to work, is what I'm saying. Like, it's not going to work. And then they're going to have to, like, escape. And, like, it's going to end really badly. Like, I'm, li- like, 
that's going to be next episode. So <laughs> it's not looking good. It is not looking good for them. Okay, we we do know that Belle survived, so I think because I think we have seen a shot of her talking to Mon Mothma. So curious about that. Um, everyone maybe, else, though. Okay, well, dark. maybe they all live because in Rogue One, everyone died. But like in Rogue One, everyone died, so maybe everyone will die in this show also. Okay, it's just like Cassian's fate to have everyone around him die. That's really rude yeah. to be fair. <laughs> also, also, Tony Gilroy literally was like, don't get attached to anyone because okay. like, there's going to be a lot of death. And I was like, too late. B2? No. Okay. No, I'll stop watching. No, but here's too the thing. I hate to be the one to tell you this, but like B2 but is like what? in Rogue One. Why don't you so shut either, up? So either, he, so either he stays with Marva, which could happen for sure, or he literally dies. I hate you right i'm now. just being realistic i am simply being realistic okay. no um <laughs> back to what we were talking about um the the rebel the rebel plan actually where everyone dies everyone who's not b2 because he's not there so um yeah basically they're infiltrating an armory and they're gonna steal a bunch of what are they stealing they're stealing a ship they're stealing like payroll and a ship to escape. Ship. Oh yeah, which is important for the start of the rebellion. Like basically, this like there's little rebel things going on. There has been for a while, um, but like this is the thing that's going to set off the actual rebel alliance. Um, and so it's really important. It's awesome that Cassian is a part of it. First of all, because ultimately he's the one who saves the rebellion um, by sending the plans for the Death Star four years later or five years later or whatever it's gonna it's it's so interesting i love the show <laughs> um i think i think it's time for my contrarian to come out though um my critique of of these past two episodes they're so long they're so long and nothing happens <laughs> i so i hate to be that person i really do like i hate when people are like it so slow because I understand that there's a necessary like storytelling element that's happening here but especially episode four I was like damn we're still here like I did I felt like half the scenes and it didn't need to be in there or they could have just been sped up a bit like it feels like why did we drag the whole arc for three episodes I feel like it could have been to two Maybe I'll be wrong with the next episode. Maybe the next episode will have just so much in it that there will be like, oh, it's okay. Like we had to have those slow episodes, but not right now. The last episode. I, like, I do think that episode six is literally gonna be crazy. I also think that this adds to my theory that most of those people are gonna die because they've now spent two episodes like building up their characters before this mission has even started. Mm, it's giving they're gonna die. Um I have two things to say about Aldani Rebels. Um, the first one is that they keep talking about how someone from like the engineering division on Coruscant is coming to Aldani. Okay, I hate to burst people's bubble. It's not going to be Galen or so. I'm like, I'm telling, like, okay, I hope I'm wrong because I would love to see Mads Mikkelsen in the show, but like, it's not going to be Galen or so. However, I do think that if it's going to be anyone we know, it's going to be Krennic. Like, I'm just, I'm just being like just like stop talking i don't want to see that man in anything i'm ever. sorry okay it I, makes sense 
No. No, it doesn't. It, li- it okay. No, it literally what? doesn't. Would I much rather be Galen or so? Yeah. But it's not going to be. It is not going, like, I'm, anyway, that's my prediction. Well, why Krennic? Because, okay, here's, like, they're making a big deal of this person coming to Aldani, which is the only reason why I even think it's going to be someone that we know. And I feel like they're, like, I don't believe, like, the rumors about Ben Mendelsohn being in it, but there have been a lot of, like, speculation that he was going to be in it. But anyway, that's my theory. It's either going to be Krennic or no one. Wish it was Galen or so, though. I, I love him. Thank anyway. God it's not Krennic. I literally hate that man, like, so much. Like, sorry, who's our, who's our bestie who loves, who loves them? Jess. Jess. Jess, I'm so sorry. Jess, love you so much. You're a bestie. I hate Orson Krennic. He can literally, like, get stuffed. I don't think he's going to be a major character. I just don't want to see him. Because I think the only thing he'd do would be on Aldani during whatever is going on. Um, or it could just be some random person. I just think it was interesting that they mentioned engineering from, like, Imperial Engineering on Coruscant, like, multiple times. Anyway, the other thing I want to talk about is Nemec. Because I'm literally obsessed with him. And I wrote down that line that he said because I knew that I needed to bring it up. I literally love this man after I just said he was going to die. And I do believe that. I really do. But like, oh my God, I'm going to be so upset. I will probably cry. He said to Cassian, the pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it. And he also said, it's easier to hide behind 40 atrocities than a single incident. And I'm like, you understand how the empire functions better than anyone else here. Which, again, is why I do feel that he has to die, because he's just too smart. He's just too great. He's just too perfect. Like, he can't... If he sticks around for too long, like, he's going to be the star of this show. And it is about Cassian, so they kind of have to, like, get rid of him, because he's just too good to be here. Um, But no, the line about repression, like, I, it's been in my brain since I watched this episode for the first time at, like, 4 a.m. on Wednesday. I can't stop thinking about him. I don't even know what I have to say about him. I just think that he's everything. He delivers lines. Like, he's giving the truth to everybody. Yeah. He literally had, like, one extended scene of dialogue, and I was like, you, you get it. You get it. I think just we said this last episode, but I think the, like, lines in this show are so good. Like, the dialogue is just written perfectly. So the next episode is going to be about them, like, actually getting in there I thought that was gonna be this episode and then it wasn't and I was like damn really yeah so I think next episode is gonna be the heist next episode is gonna be I I don't know what Mon Mothma is gonna be doing next episode actually well because I I don't I don't know how like if this is kind of like her arc I'm sure she'll be in more of the show like after episode six but like I don't know if they're going to be like, this is her big three episode arc. And then she's just kind of there for the rest. Like, I'm not really sure what direction they're going to go with her character. So I don't really know what she's going to be doing in episode six. Hopefully hanging out with Bail Organa. I don't think we have time for Bail Organa in episode six. No, but I, I, you know, also, I think that again, another thing that like is weird to me with this arc is that, we had like those scenes with Luthen in the in episode five or in episode four. And episode five, he was in one scene, 
and it felt so misplaced I was like oh wait we're back like what's Mm -hmm. going on and I feel like they should have just saved that for the next episode but I get it it's just high in all three episodes as an arc it just felt like jarring I think I think episode or not episode six or like episode seven through nine like the next three episode arc is probably going to be Saw Gerrera but I think it's also going to be like Luthen's moment because we still don't really know anything about him. <laughs> like True. like we know that he's a rebel we know he's working with Mon Mothma we know he's like organizing at least some rebel cells like the one on Eldani but like we don't know anything about him actually like he's he's just a rebel at this point we don't know him at all um so I think I think our like the third arc of the season is going to be like his like lore like what who is this man um and then yeah I think the third arc is also going to be Saw Gerrera yeah I don't know how Saw Gerrera is going to tie into everything else that's going on yeah the Saw Gerrera arc is going to be so insane because not only just like as as an arc itself but I think the fandom space is going to blow the fuck up because nobody gets it like nobody Mm -hmm. gets it and I'm just sitting here, I'm like, you guys need to watch what you say. Because sometimes you guys just sound stupid. I feel like a lot of the people who are talking about the show right now sound stupid. And that's like not me being a hater, but also I'm a hater. Like, yeah, don't go on the internet and be an idiot. That's it. No, but like the girlies do not get Saw Gerrera because when you say Saw Gerrera, people think of Rogue One, which was like good for him, but like he wasn't in it that much. And like he literally died. And then they think of Rebels, which was, like, atrocious. And, like... Oh, my God. Don't even disgusting. get me started it on It is there. so bad. It is so it's bad. It's so bad. Like, I just... What? What are we doing? Anyway. um, Yeah, that was a dark time. And then, like, Rebel Rising slayed so hard. A lot of the book, yeah, is about how he wasn't a perfect father figure to Jin, obviously. But, like... But like he didn't he didn't like that's not his responsibility he literally was thrown into that situation no I'm like it didn't wouldn't make any sense if he was like father of the year exactly it simply would not make sense and like that's not to say like he's perfect and he's never done anything wrong right but like you should like, reread that book yeah you should reread it I think because I think you were the one who missed the point actually I don't think it was me um he was in Leia Princess of Alderaan and it was it was not good. It was not good. Anyway. It's just not looking good. It's just not looking good. Anything else we have to say about this episode? This this arc? Okay, our next Andor episode is gonna be so interesting though, because we're probably gonna be covering episodes six and seven, which are like in two completely different arcs. <laughs> right. It's fine. We have to talk about Path of the Sea. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.